Hello everyone, I'm Pastor Rick Hawkins of Quest Church in Norman, Oklahoma. I want to thank you all for joining us today. This podcast is going to be informative, insightful, and inspirational for your life. Listen every week because we'll have a special word just for you. Exodus chapter 2, about this time, a man and a woman from the tribe of Levi got married. The woman became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She saw that he was a special baby and kept him hidden for three months. Verse 3, but when she could no longer hide him, she got a basket made of papyrus reeds and waterproofed it with tar and pitch. She put the baby in the basket and laid it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile River. The baby's sister stood at a distance watching to see what would happen to him. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 23, by faith, say those two words. One more time. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. I'm going to preach today for, you know, about four hours. A message entitled, The Matters of a Mother. Say that to a few people around you. The Matters of a Mother. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for every mom in this building. Thank you for every woman in this building. Bless them on this special day, their day. Let them feel enriched, encouraged, inspired to become all you ordained them to be. And for every mom that is praying for a son or daughter that is not serving you right now, increase their faith. Touch that woman of God. For those women in this building that are suffering from disappointments in life, letdowns, rejections, lift them in their hearts today. I pray for the women in this building. I thank you that Deborah's shall arise from this congregation. Esther's shall arise from this congregation. Elizabeth's shall arise. Rizpah's shall arise. Sarah's shall arise. Rebecca's shall arise. Rachel's shall arise from this community of believers. Touch these women this day in Jesus' name. Everyone shall praise the Lord. Would you lift your hands one more time and let me pray this. Father, I break every generational curse in this building. We dismiss any generational spirit from any family that is diametrically opposed to their progress. We remove any blockade, any obstacle, any resistance today in the name of Jesus. Thank you for your healing power. Have your way in Jesus' name. Clap your hands to Jesus Christ one more time before you sit down. God bless you. If I could just have a little more monitor, please. Just a little more. I can't hear a word I'm saying. We live in a time when the lines have been blurred and almost erased in regards to what a traditional family looks like.
I'm going to say that one more time. We live in a time and a generation when lines have been blurred and practically erased in regards to what a traditional family looks like. I just returned yesterday 12 hours of driving from Baton Rouge back up here to preach this morning. I was there to do the funeral of my brother-in-law. My sister talked to me and she said something very powerful. You may ask, what is a traditional family? I'm going to tell you what she said. She said, Ricky, I've been married to him for 60 years. We've been together since we were 14 years old. We met when we were 13. I said, Joe, that's incredible. And she said, these lips have never touched the lips of another man. He's the only man I've ever known. He's the only man I've ever touched my entire life. And I said, Joe, that is absolutely amazing to me. You know, it jolted me. And she said, well, it's not only me, but it's your sister Gloria. She met her husband when she was 14. They were married when she was 16. She's never touched another man other than her husband. It's getting quiet in the building. I said, that's incredible, Gloria. I mean, Joe, that Gloria is just like you. And she said, no, we're both just like mama. I, I said, what do you mean? And she said, you know, mama got married when she was 14 years old. <laughs> In the 40s. And she said, our mom never touched another man. She never kissed another man. She said, me and Glow, we just like mama. If you ask what a traditional family is, I'll tell you, it's a man and a woman and their children. A man and a woman and their children. Let me explain to you a traditional family one more time. A man and a woman and their children. There's no institution under attack like that institution. And it's the first institution ordained by God in his word. A man and a woman and their children. Hmm. Society, any society is in trouble when many men would rather become women than fathers. And when women, many women, would rather become men than mothers. You're in trouble when many women in your society would rather become men than they would mothers. I'll just continue on my rant. I hope you are praying for the Supreme Court. The Bible is the book I believe in. I believe in every word in the Bible. 
The Bible says life is in the blood. Where is life? In the blood. Psalm 139 verse 13 says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Your eyes saw my unformed body. Jeremiah 1.5 says, Before I formed you in the womb of your mother. Before I formed you where? In the womb of your mother. I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. If those verses are true, and we know they are, do you believe those verses? Then you must also believe that abortion is the act of destroying God's design. I thought about the war going on in our country. From race to politics to Supreme Court. This nation is polarized like never before. And if you're going to polarize my brother or my sister, you better find a godly principle to stand on. Because your philosophy holds no weight against truth. Oh, I came to encourage the moms today. I really did. But I'm going to get there in just a moment. I got to deal with my rant. See, a mother, a mother is the portal from eternity into time. A mother is the only way for a man to be born. A mother is the only way for a girl to be born. How do you know that? Because the Bible says so. Job 14.1, man that is born of a woman. The only way to be born is by a woman. Even God himself came to earth through a woman. The womb is the secret place where God works. The Bible told us that today. You formed me in the secret place. The womb is where his hand fashions a person for a purpose. One of the last sayings, there are seven of them. One of the last sayings of Christ on the cross were these words. 
Behold your mother. Think of it. Right along with it is finished. Right along with into your hands I commend my spirit. Right in the middle of all of that, these words come from the mouth of the Savior. Behold your mother. Happy Mother's Day. Someone once said, a mother's love is the fuel that enables a normal human being to do the impossible. Mother is a verb. It's something you do. It's not who you are. I know some women that's never had children that are better at mothering than women that have had children. It's a verb. For a mother is the only person on earth who can divide her love among 10 children or 29 grandchildren. (laughs) And each child still have all her love. My mom, before she died, had 40-something grandchildren. And if you talk to any, I saw many of them this week, and if you talk to any of them, every one of them would tell you, I was her favorite. A mother is she who can take the place of all others, but whose place no one else can take. Abraham Lincoln said these words, no man is poor who has a godly mother. No man is poor who has a godly mother. A mother understands what a child never says. A mother understands what a child cannot say. I'll give you one more. An ounce of mother is worth a pound of clergy. If you would humor me and allow me to address our text just for a few moments, I'll let you go so you can go and rub your mom's feet with lotion. (laughs) Massage her shoulders and tell her how much you love her. We all that had good mothers think that the good mother was the best mother. I can't imagine a mom being better than mine. My sister Joe told me this week, she said, boy, you were spoiled. I said, I was the seventh child. <laughs> of course I was child uh, spoiled. There are seven kids in our family, and I'm the last one. The caboose always gets the attention. <laughs> and she said, Ricky, I never saw mama whoop you. She didn't say whip you. In our family, we say whoop. We had hog killings in our family, not whippings. Somebody said, what did your daddy whip you with? I said, whatever was closest to his hand. She said, I never saw mama whoop you. And Joe's about that tall. She's looking just like mama looking up at me. And I said, that's right. 
She said, but I did. And I said, yes, you did. And she said, do you remember what I whooped you with? And I said, a belt. And she said, yeah, and that and a Hot Wheels track. She said, you know what I loved about the Hot Wheels track? It left two marks, not one. A double reminder that you just got whooped. <laughs> and she did. And Glow did. And Connie did. And Jean did. But Mama, she hugged me. I remember coming home being the worst teenage boy you could ever imagine. And my mom looking at me as I walked through the threshold of the front door saying, You're so handsome, Ricky. I said, Mom, I just love you. And then, what would you like to eat? You know what you call that? Spoiled. I was so spoiled, I never picked up my clothes off the floor. That's spoiled. Never made my bed. My mom did it. Y'all don't look at me like you're so sanctified. I tested Giovanna yesterday. I came home from off the road, and I just threw my clothes on the table. Just checking if the spirit of my mom may rest upon my wife. One hour later, the clothes were still laying there on the table. And Giovanna was looking at me like, when are you going to get the clothes off the table? We're going to have to eat in a minute. Hebrews, yeah, the boots were there too. <laughs> Hebrews 11.23 is our attention. By faith. What strong words, huh, Pat? By faith. No stronger words in Scripture. By faith. Moses was hid for three months. I find it interesting that the verse says, by his parents. Because according to Exodus chapter 2, it wasn't the parents, it was the mother that hid him. Daddies get a lot of credit for stuff they never do. Because <laughs> mama pretty much does everything. Wow. She hid him by faith. Can I take a few moments to encourage your faith, mom? I'm going to preach this so good that every mother in this building is going to want to bring me a pie next week. <laughs> she hid him by faith. I came to encourage the mothers in this sanctuary with these words. Do not lose your faith. Why is it so important? By faith, his mother hid him. Why is that important? By faith, she hid him. Because Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith is the evidence 
of things not seen. Mama, don't lose your faith. I know your son might not be looking like everything you believed for. But you have to keep your faith. By faith, the elders obtained a good report. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were made, formed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. They may not be everything that you thought they would be at this stage in their life. Do not lose your faith. The Bible says, Mama, faith is substance. The Greek word translated substance literally means that which stands under you. I came by to tell you, mama, mothers, faith is standing under you, holding you up. Mama, faith is what you stand on. I came by to encourage the women in this room that have children. That you wake up every day. And when your feet hit the floor, you declare these words, I am standing on faith. Everything may not look like what I want it to look like, but I'm standing on faith. We may not have everything that I desire to have, but I'm standing on faith. Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 5, I'm reminded, listen carefully, of the unfeigned faith that is in you, but it dwelt first in your grandmother, then it dwelt in your mother, and now it dwells in you. The faith you have started in your grandma. It landed on your mama, and now it's in you. The faith you have is an unfeigned faith. When you feign something, you're pretending like you have it. Feigning is acting like you have it. But Timothy, you don't have a faith that is a pretending kind of faith. You have genuine, sincere, authentic faith because you learned it by watching your mama who learned it by watching your grandmother. And I came by to tell the moms in this room today they are watching when you do not see them watching. Your children know that you have prayed for them. Mama, show them your faith. Don't turn my monitor down. Lord Jesus, help. Impart faith to your children. God told me this morning as I was preparing this message for you that he was going to do something explosive in the mothers of this house. Now, can I tell you that the enemy from dawn to when the sun came up started working against you receiving this seed. He has done everything he can, mama, to get you not to receive everything God has for you in this word today. But I bind him in Jesus' name. And I tell every mother in this room, you're going to get something to work with today. Somebody shall praise the Lord. By faith, his mother hid him. I thought about that. The future of this child. 
The future of Moses depended on the faith of his mother. Exodus chapter 2 verse 1. About this time, a man and a woman from the tribe of Levi got married. I read it to you. The woman became pregnant, gave birth to a son. Listen carefully. She saw that he was a special baby and kept him hidden for three months. What did faith do? Hid the baby. What does faith do? It hides what is precious. Verse 3. But when she could no longer hide him, she got a basket made of reeds and waterproofed it with tar and pitch. And she put the baby in the basket and laid it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile River. The baby's sister watched the baby from a distance to see what would happen to him. Lord, have mercy. Soon Pharaoh's daughter came down to bathe in the river. And her attendants walked along the riverbank. When the princess saw the basket among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it for her. Listen carefully. When the princess opened it, she saw the baby. The little boy was crying. She felt sorry for him. This must be one of the Hebrew children, she said. Then the baby's sister approached the princess. Should I go and find one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Smart girl. Yes, she said. The princess replied, so the girl went and called the baby's mother. Take this baby and nurse him for me. <laughs> he went right back to his mom. And I will pay you for nursing this baby. So mama took her baby home and nursed him with pay. The Bible says in verse 3, when she could no longer hide him. Mothers, mom, mama, there comes a time when you have to let him go. She placed this baby in a perfect position. She hid him by faith. She took that basket and she placed it among the reeds on the bank. Movies you have watched, stories you have told, you have seen Moses in a basket floating down a river. I came to submit to you Moses never floated. He was fixed. Mama did not allow the river the opportunity to use its currents to carry that child wherever it wanted to take it. Mama fixed the baby among the reeds where the river had no influence. She fixed him in a position that he could not be missed by what would ultimately mentor him. Be careful what inflows your children have access to. What is flowing in is called influence.
When she let him go and put him in the proper place, the baby ended up coming back to her. When you trust God with them, he will bring them back to you. You don't know what snake is going to swim by the basket. You don't know what gator's going to try to get in the basket. There is nights he set in that basket and jeopardy all around him, but by faith, she made the basket. When you build for your children by faith, no matter what comes around them to destroy them, if you have fixed them on the promises of God, I promise you that God will bring those babies back to you, mama. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he grows old, he will not depart from it. God is good. I'll leave you with the future of this child. He finds purpose. But he can only find purpose because of the faith of his mother. What are you saying, Pastor Rick? Mom, if you will direct him, he will discover it. You can't discover it for them. You can't define it for them. They will discover it if you direct them. But if you take your hands off, they will wander aimlessly through a life, never finding direction, never finding purpose, and never finding destiny. Don't underestimate your prayers. Don't underestimate fixing them properly. I told you how my mom rejoiced when I would come home. She would only rejoice like that because of what she prayed before I left. I told you I was a horrible teenager, but I did not tell you before I walked out of that house that my little five-two mom, five foot two inches full of dynamite Holy Ghost, would not let me walk out of my house until she laid hands on each cheek of my face, right here and right here. And she would look up to me and say, Ricky, I plead the blood of Jesus over you every time. And she said, the same way you are leaving here will be the same way you will return. And night after night, it happened. The same mom that prayed for my evenings prayed for my future. Every time I sat at the table, she would lay hands on me and she would say, Ricky, you're going to preach the gospel all over the world. I told my wife this morning, and I'm sorry I'm preaching like I'm preaching, but y'all been boring and I'm not going to be boring. This morning, I told my wife, I said, let me tell you something, baby. I said, this morning, all of a sudden, I could feel every church mama I ever knew praying for me. She said, what are you saying? I said, all the way back to Miss Bro. Because when mama got done with me, I had to go to Miss Bro's house to do some work. And when I walked into her house, she got up from the table and she said, Ricky, you are anointed to preach the gospel all over the world. Who just told me that? My mama just told me. 
Are y'all in the building? And then I was reminded of Miss Rita who saw over my bed a rainbow. And she said, Ricky, you're like Noah. God's got you. His promises to you are sure. And when I was 15 years old, she said, you're going to preach the gospel all over the world. And then I was reminded of Mother Pearson when I got to Tulsa, Oklahoma at 19. And she looked at me and she said, Ricky, you are anointed to preach the gospel all over the world. All of these church mamas and they still live and they still pray and they still believe and they still prophesy. I feel sorry for people who don't have mamas that pray for them. There ain't nothing more powerful than a prayer from a woman of God. And I find it interesting. You call prayer for women and 60, 70 women show up call prayer for men and five or six will show up. Why? Because women know how to carry stuff until it's birthed. Women know how to push and women know how to press until something comes into existence. And that's why I'm sorry. That's what this ain't in my notes, but I forget it now. That's why God used Jochebed. Her name literally means Yahweh is glory. God is glory. Who is Jochebed? That's Moses' mama. Who is Jochebed? That's Levi. Levi's daughter, who is Levi, he is over all the worship. So all the worship that's in Levi is now in Jochebed, is now in Aaron, is now in Miriam, and is now in Moses. Moses' name means to draw out. There's nothing that draws everything out of you like worship. There's nothing that will reach down inside and bring greatness out of you like you becoming a worshiper of Jesus Christ, serving Jesus Christ, I can't hear nothing and I'm losing my voice, but I'm going to go on and preach anyway. Serving Jesus Christ is not about you coming to church on Sunday. It's letting God get every great thing that he deposited in you out of you. And that's why Moses had no problem drawing the Israelites out of Egypt because when you got a Jochebed spirit from the tribe of Levi, you know how to pray until things change. You know how to prophesy to a future that looks uncertain. You know how to praise in the face of pain. You know how to worship in the face of worry. You don't let circumstances dictate your service to God. And I believe that real women of God are about to come back 